Welcome to Social Proof, a podcast about influence brought to you by Soapbox. We're in the business of social media and influencer marketing. So we talk to people every day who've built brands, fans, and followers. We're intrigued by the idea of influence. What makes certain people so compelling? Join us each and every week as we raise our glasses with captivating individuals and dig into what it means to develop a personal brand and have true influence. Cheers to real people and riveting stories. Okay, welcome to Social Proof, a podcast about influence brought to you by Soapbox. I'm Beth. Hi, everyone. I'm Nate. And we are really excited to be joined today by Jessica Cerna. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay, we're excited to have you as well. Um, I have been fangirling over you for quite a while. We met, I want to say, a year, year and a half ago when we were at a conference, a Texas travel conference as speakers together, which was really fun. And but she's, she's not kidding when she no. says she's been fangirling over you. Yes, it's true. Like we meet with a lot of clients and oftentimes it's your Instagram grid that comes up and yes. it's the topic of conversation. So. 100%. Oh. She's being she's being legit serious when yes. she says fangirling. It's kind of creepy. I'm not going to lie. She's going to start. I think I'm going to stalk her. Stop it, Nate. Um, <laughs> so funny because I was fangirling over you and oh. I was excited when we got to even speak at the conference together I was like what That's I get to so sit funny. next to her <laughs> Stop funny. It. did you put her up to this she was she was well this is going to be fun I'm so excited to dig into your story a little bit so why don't you share with our listeners just who you are and what you do um, and just how you've come to be where you are today Yeah, well, so I started, I I feel like this goes all the way back to college. Um, And I got a scholarship to study abroad in Spain. And that just changed my world. And I wanted to travel all the time. Uh, And then I got back home, I graduated, and I got a job. And (laughs) you have a job, you nine to five, you get two weeks of PTO. And that really doesn't give you the time to really hop on multiple planes. Right. Uh, So I looked close by and I said, you know, where can I go that's near that I can go for a weekend trip and still fuel that travel craving that I have. But, you know, I still want to keep my job. I like my job. Um, And I just found that I'm in Texas. I live in Dallas now that there were so many things nearby. We have our own wine country. We have um, like these beautiful English gardens. We have places to go sand surfing. Like there's so much just Mm -hmm two to four hours of a drive away, a quick weekend getaway. And I would drag my boyfriend, now husband, along. Uh, and we would take pictures just for our own enjoyment. We wanted to capture these memories. And, well, we're millennials, so we posted on social media. <laughs> didn't think much about it. Yeah. <laughs> and he started asking us about how we were traveling so much and mm. uh, if we were working and how we were finding all these cool places. Um and then one day, this brand just reached out to me on Instagram and said, will you post about our bike and we'll pay you? Hmm. And I said, I mean, sure. Yes, <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I was skeptical, um, but I posted the picture and they did pay me. And I was like, okay, I need to figure out how to <laughs> this do this is a more. Thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I met people who call themselves bloggers and I said, well, I wrote two blog posts in college about my time in Spain. I'm a blogger, too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And 
and then it just all went from there. Uh, and I just start posting about this. I learned all the tips and the tricks and the business side of it. Uh, and now I do this full time. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> when uh, approximately when did you start building uh, the travel brand? Um, so I, I'd say I started everything about four years ago. Um, as far as the travel brand, it was kind of weird, you know, um, like I said, I, I was traveling cause I wanted to travel. Um, and when I started blogging, like I said, a bike company reached out to me and I was ecstatic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then like a face wash company reached out to me and I was ecstatic and yeah. then makeup brush reached out to me. And I was yeah. ecstatic because you're like, Oh my gosh, these free things are coming in and all I have to right. do is post on social media. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. But that's when I was starting to learn about my voice uh, and realizing that I had an impact and that I had people who were f- actually following me. Like there were there, people actually cared what I had to say. Um, and so I kind of started, I started as, you know, recording and documenting my travels. But then as I moved into this social media world, um, I kind of let these brands come in and dictate what I was posting. Not because I didn't genuinely love what they were sending me, but because I didn't know how to develop my voice when all these other brands were coming in and Mm -hmm. trying to tell me what to say with all, with good intentions. And so um, it did take me about a year to, kind of develop my brand and take a step back and say, you know, why did I start this in the first place? I didn't start this to get scent free products. That is right. a great perk, but you know, I got, I started cause I wanted to share that there are really cool places nearby and you don't have to quit your nine to five and you don't have to hop on a plane every week to have an incredible experience. So I took that year and really dulled back and then came back to it. So I say it's been mm. three years of very intense, focus on who that brand is Mm -hmm. as um, focusing on that travel aspect as my main focus. Yeah, I love that. And I should have called out when we started. So your brand or your handle rather on Instagram, as well as your brand, I suppose, is My Curly Adventures with your fantastic, curly, gorgeous hair. And then if (laughs) I recall correctly, your husband has My Culinary Adventures, right? Yes, yes. It's fun. (laughs) I love that. So have you built those two brands together alongside each other? I mean, talk to us a little bit about how that brand has evolved. Yeah, we so we started with my account. um, But both my husband and I are huge foodies. And as we're traveling to all these places, we're also capturing the food and, and they go on my blog. But um, we're like, man, we wish we had another place to document just the food because mm-hmm. that is uh, a part of connecting. That is a part of the travel experience. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when we get to a place, we're looking for what's unique, what's one of a kind. Um, and so my husband was like, well, I can post the food. Yeah. And so I post more of the travel photos, but he posts more of the food. And so it's been really great to have that connection. And it's, it's nice because we do a lot of feeding off of each other. So I post about him, he posts about me, mm-hmm. um, and just continues to, I guess, build our brand together. I love that. Yeah, me too. Super fun. I think we, we hear a lot of stories, you know, working with lots of influencers that kind of start similar to you. They have a passion. They, they weren't intending to be an influencer, right? Yeah. They just kind of built, um, they were kind of true to their passion and opportunities came their way. And I think I've heard some of that from your story, but 
now that you have this thriving business, right? Because it is a business now at this point. You do this. You're, you don't have a day job. We just discovered like you do this full time. How do you stay kind of authentic and true to your voice and manage like your own passions and sponsored content passions and being true to the brand voice as well? Because I guess to give you a little context, we have you know listeners on here that are both influencers but also marketers and you know shopper marketing teams and. You know, I think there can be this kind of um, misnomer or this kind of misconception that influences, you know, not as authentic or true to itself as it used yeah. to be or, or that it, you know, that it could be. And so how do you kind of combat that? How do you stay true to yourself out there? Uh, love that. Yeah, I think the biggest value that I can provide for my community and the brands that I work with is in every campaign that I'm shooting is making sure that it's true to why the people who follow me are following me. And so they're mm-hmm. following me for, you know, my travel tips for these cool destinations um, for, and for my curly hair um, <laughs> or to get like a little glimpse into like my life with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll, I'll give an example. So I worked with a face care brand before I knew how to be true to myself um, and after I knew how to be true to myself. And I love the face care brand both times. The difference was I didn't know how to project that. Um, So the first time I stood in my bathroom and showed the face mask, my community could care less. They're not following me for that. Um, But the second time I took them to a hotel and I stood in like this really pretty hot tub and I took a picture with this face mask. And I think the thing that was there was people were following me for the travel, but now they got exposed to the face mask because they were excited to see Mm -hmm. something one that was different. Yes. It it makes more sense. You're probably doing your face mask in your bathroom, but we already expect that it's unexpected to see it in a hot tub. So they pause for a second because they're like, you're in a hot tub, but something's on your face. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then they're engaging longer because they came for the travel. So they're looking at what is this place? Can Mm -hmm. I experience it? Um, But then they're getting that exposure to the face mask at the same time. And they're reading the caption longer. Um, And I think that's That's what's really important is um, making sure that it fits your brand. And sometimes that's going to look different for every person. Um, It's not that I can't post about face masks, even though that's not my main thing. It's just that I have to post it in my context and in my story, which is, you know, traveling, um, you know, how, you know, well, traveling is hard on my skin. So that's Mm -hmm. something that's important to manage and how can I add it into my lifetime routine? And I think, I think that's where there's opportunities to remain authentic. Um, and then I think just also, um, recognizing, um, our expertises. So, um, I've been very careful lately just to make sure that I'm not spreading misinformation, Mm uh, as far as, um, how do I say if, like nutrition or something. I want to be very careful about what I'm saying is mm, nutritious yeah. if I'm not a nutrition expert. And so anything I'm actually making sure that I'm checking with trusted influencers who are actually experts in that field mm. before I'm going to endorse a product where maybe I'm not an expert in. Um, I think that's the two things I think influencers is really important, making sure that you're keeping to your brand and whatever you're posting, um, keeping it on brand, and then also just making sure um, that you can be knowledgeable about the product um, for that reason. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, I have a follow-up to that. That's great. Um, 
you you mentioned your audience and just you know like oh that's not what my audience would want that's not what my followers are interested in seeing so how do you like as you grow your audience stay in tuned to what they want and stay true to them like mm-hmm. what are do you have like tactics or is it just like engagement based like you see like oh that post did not perform well they must not like that or what do you do to kind of stay engaged and in tune with your audience yeah i think engagement is a really big factor seeing on what they're tapping on when you're posting in stories seeing what they're um posting up out in the comments is huge um and then seeing you know when you're posting in general what what they're commenting on and what they're liking and what they're saving. Um, I found that to be really important. I love that you're talking about these. I think you've got some really good tips and advice um, for anyone who's, you know, building a brand, which I would argue most of us are, whether we, you know, aspire to be an influencer or, you know, simply want to have influence in, you know, our day job or whatever the case may be. And it's, it's interesting that you reference those products that started coming your way. I think it's it's very easy to get a little drunk on influence, right? When you're you're taking <laughs> off and you're getting some attention. And to Nate's point, I think that's why brands can be a little hesitant sometimes um, because they think, oh, well, you know, this this individual will talk about toothpaste on Monday and tires on Tuesday and you know, uh, face mask on Wednesday, and so. I love that you're bringing to life, you know, the intention that you put behind building your brand and protecting the things that you talk about. And, you know, we were laughing a little bit about the curly hair, but that is a real thing. I mean, I have a huge mop on my head today that I had to go pull up before we interviewed you because it was driving me crazy in our last uh, session. And I mean, that's a real thing. People are buying into not just you as, you know, kind of a celebrity, but they're they're buying into your lifestyle. And they see you as real and approachable and that they could, you know, kind of live parts of your life by understanding where you're traveling and what products you're using and those sorts of things. So I'm curious how, you know, what kind of discernment you use in um, the brands that you work with. You know, do you do you turn opportunities down because you have kind of a mental checklist of what's on brand for you? What does that look like? Yeah. um, So for me, the biggest thing when working with brands is one, making sure like they uh, just align with my priorities and that, uh, you know, that their mission has something that I can back up as well. I think we're finding that brands are more than just brands now. They have their own personalities um, and that's important as well. Um, And then I'm looking for brands that want to work with me as well. So they don't just want their follower, my followers, they want my story and they want our, my community. Um, because like I said, uh, if I, if they just want me to post a picture in my bathroom, holding up the product, right. I know that's not going to work with my community and my community's not going to enjoy that. And that, that messes up my relationship with my community. Mm-hmm. But if they'll let me put that product um, on my hike, or if they'll let me, take that on the journey and let me have that creative flexibility, I can still provide um, value to my community while at the same time providing even more value to that brand. And so I look for brands that understand um, that, uh, that they understand that like I'm I'm looking out for my community, but I am looking out for them at the same time, Mm -hmm. but I have to do it in the way that's authentic to my community. That's going to help them be engaged with it because I mean, it's only going to hurt everyone if I'm posting something that they're not going to engage with. Completely. That's music to our ears. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I think it's interesting because um, you you use the term community, right? And we've we've built um, a community within Soapbox, you know, of influencers in all fifty states who we work with. Um, and we really take a lot of pride, I think, in that hand selection. You know, when a when a brand hires us, we are the champions and the advocates and the protectors of their brand. And so it's our job to not just, you know, find someone with a high following count. Um, we want to find someone like yourself who is going to really resonate and is going to bring their creativity and who knows their audience. And Nate can probably dig into this farther because I know it's a passion of his, but we are often combating that desire in influencers to just grow their following, either to purchase followers or to you know participate in loops and giveaways that will you know bring fresh eyes in. And it's it's tough because influencers see you know people they admire doing it, and they say, "Well, why not me?" And and Soapbox has really taken, I think, a, a very kind of harsh stance that, you know, is tough sometimes for influencers to understand where we say, we can't hire you, we won't hire you, if you are engaging in these sorts of tactics, because it's so detrimental. And I love everything you're talking about with, you know, how you engage and watch the stories and the comments. And, you know, so can you speak, I guess, a little bit to, you know, does that follower count and that growth matter? Does engagement matter? And how do you engage in in both of those areas of growing your brand? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. At some point, follower count is going to matter as a business. I want to continue growing my business. But it's not just follower count. And that's why I don't just rely on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I have a blog. Um, That's why I have an email list. That's why I'm on Facebook. That's why... Uh, I jumped on TikTok as soon as I could. Actually, when we were at that travel conference, yes, uh, you know, there was a gentleman there, uh, the uh, Canada Travel Tourism yes. community. He and was great. He said, yes, get on TikTok, and I was like, nah, I think those people are just dancing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, was good. Like, you have to get on TikTok. So you know, I listened, um, and actually, it was through TikTok that I was able to. Um, grow on my Instagram as well. And so, um, and my blog brings in people from onto Instagram and, you know, YouTube, they all just interconnect. So I do want to grow my Instagram, but I want it to come from people who want to follow me, who are going to engage in different things. Um, I know for me, like personally, like it, I can't do a loop giveaway. They, they don't care about Texas travel, um, you know, if they're trying to buy a free purse or a laptop or get a free purse or a laptop. Um, so I think that's really important, um, is building it up and it it really does. It feels like a snowball. It feels like you're not making a lot of traction at first and then just suddenly it all, it all snowballs. Um, and so it's just been crazy even in the last, I'd say six months, just Mm -hmm. how many people have said, uh, how many more people have been like, oh, I love your blog or, you know, I've been following you for years or even I tell my friends about you. And I'm starting to realize like those people have been saying that for a while, but that net has slowly been getting bigger. And so, you know, maybe one person was telling their friends to follow me, but then those friends were telling their friends. And so now maybe 50 people are telling their friends. Point, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's so, so true. The consistency of saying who I was and remaining true to that, I think, mm-hmm. was the biggest thing. As 
discouraging as it was watching other people just jump up in followers and wishing I could be there. Um, it, it's nice to to see how staying true to my brand mm-hmm. um, has paid off. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and you I know- think, well, I, I just, I think we'll see, you know, those influencers that are being true to themselves and are kind of playing the long game and building their audience authentically they're the ones that are going to last, right? And those are the ones that were, I mean, brands are getting savvier, agencies are getting savvier. And, you know, I think, you know, every week we develop new capabilities to detect some of these less than ethical, you know, practices at Mm -hmm. gaining followers. And, you know, the more, um, the more capabilities that we have, the harder and harder it is to, to, you know, justify hiring some of these, um, you know, I won't outright call them fraudulent no, influencers, no. right? They're, Their um, intent is pure, I think. There's still a lot pure, of education going yeah. on that needs to go on. But, you know, we value we so I mean, value so much the ones that aren't participating in loop giveaways, that aren't participating in, you know, um, bot followers, that actually have real comments. Right. Uh, you know, they're not just smiley faces or like, you know, you don't get 50 comments from some unknown country, you know, where that's all, the, yeah. you know, like some of those red flags and, right. you know, we hold on to those types of influencers. So yeah, kudos to you for yeah. you know seeing that and, you know, appreciating that. Well, and yeah. even being picky, I think, in the brands that you choose is another indicator. You know, we were joking about my stalkerish behavior with your brand. Um, I mean, I kind of grew up we moved around the world a lot. So I have an affinity for travel and I love that you are, you know, really you've built a brand around exploring your home state, which, uh, you know, as an Arkansan um, and someone who's very passionate about our state, I just, I find that very relatable. Um, but I noticed, can we, can we talk about the little sort of project that I sent you toward recently? Is that public knowledge? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is really interesting actually. Um, because we were working with the state of Arkansas, the Department of Parks and Tourism, and they were seeking some travel influencers. And because I have a background in tourism, immediately you came to mind. I know that Texas is a big feeder state for Arkansas. You know, Texans love coming to Arkansas and experiencing the lakes and the rivers and the mountains and the unique geography. And so you immediately came to my mind to recommend for this. And so I went out to your Instagram, and I think at the time, this is like, what, six weeks ago, Max, you were around seventy to 75,000 followers. This is showing the depths of my creep. Um, but it's my job, you know, in my, in my defense. And then as we were preparing to have you on the podcast, I was overlooking at your grid, and, and you're at 85-plus yeah. now. Is that right? So you, I mean, in six weeks, I've watched you grow by 10 to 15,000 followers. And I'm hoping it's going to be a ton more now that Arkansans are going to get exposure to you. Maybe you can talk about what you did with Arkansas. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. (laughs) I got your email and I still, I still was like, Oh, this is really cool. It's probably not going to happen, but like, it doesn't hurt to try. And we're, you know, we're getting on the phone call and talking through everything. And I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. Like it's, it's nice to imagine it. Yeah. And that all happens and we're there and, you know, we're standing and there's a film crew. And I like turned to my husband. I was like, this is real. (laughs) I love that. Well, I was adamant that they hire you because I knew you were perfect and your brand. And, you know, again, I mean, it really speaks to the integrity and the work you've put into properly building your brand. That's our job now. It's to align you with, 
you know, a brand or an entity where it's going to make sense. So, so tell us what you did. I know it was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I got to go to Bentonville, Arkansas and Northwest Arkansas, uh, for a commercial that is going to go live in spring promoting, uh, this, um, backcountry aviation trip that is actually going to be um, an opportunity for a person to win this. Uh, so we got to be actors, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is crazy, uh, and have the film crew um, film us um, essentially getting into these small backcountry planes, so um, <laughs> flying to different remote areas getting to go zip lining and mountain biking, seeing these beautiful cabins um, and really get to see like some of the most amazing parts of Arkansas in a really <laughs> condensed amount of time. And <laughs> it makes me just want to go back so much more. So I did not have enough time. Uh, and then, so all this was to be filmed um, and will be promoted in the spring. And until then we also get the social media side of getting to, um, promote it. So I, I got to, I've already done a few posts, you know, just documenting, um, what it was like to be filmed and visit these areas and experience fall foliage, which, oh my gosh, there's so many reds in Arkansas. Wow. (laughs) It's beautiful. (laughs) I mean, Texas is okay, but Arkansas. Yeah. We, I'm, I'm still waiting. We're starting to get our oranges here. We have like a very small area in Texas where we get fall foliage, but I don't think it gets as red yeah. as Arkansas gets. And also it lasts so much longer for you guys than it does for us. I think we get like a couple of weeks yeah. of vibrant colors, whereas you guys have like maybe a month, a month and a half. Yeah, it's, it's still pretty. I know you were here a few weeks ago. And, you know, I think this is a really cool kind of full circle. I know Nate has questions for you. So I promise this is my last one. I'll let you cut in on this dance. But um, it, it was so interesting watching that project come together for you and for your husband and the other couple who we also recommended. We love Logan and Kelsey, and I'm sure your uh, community and followers may get to know them as well. But, you know, one of the things we talk about with our clients and with the brands that we serve, and I think they don't always believe us, you know, it's not just you that I stalk. We truly know our influencers. We know our community. And when we're talking to a brand about what would make a difference for them, we're running through a mental Rolodex of people we know, and then we're reaching out and making those personal connections. We hand select for all of our programs. And for a few years, it became the trend for influencer agencies to really say, well, we we have an algorithm or we have an automatic selection process. And well, of course, we have amazing software. But I think there's this important human element to what we do to find the Jessica or the Logan or the Kelsey, who we know is going to be a brilliant fit for this brand. And they specifically said, you know, we need someone who can be natural in front of the, the camera and candidly is not going to be they won't be divas they won't have their own ideas about you know this is a commercial it's scripted and throughout the entire conversation I was like yep I've got you I've got the perfect people who are going to align with with your brand statement so for me it's really fun to hear that full circle experience and we heard wonderful things about you from Arkansas as well from the agency about what a delight it was to work with you guys and so I think it's just, you know, certainly I want to encourage you, but I want to encourage other people who are listening and trying to build brands that, you know, it is a slog. It's a a long slog, but the payoff can be so extreme when you 
do it right and you bring integrity to building your personal brand. So that's my little diatribe, my soapbox. So I'll get off it now. You can get on the soapbox name. That's okay. I'm, I'm gonna, I, like, I want to stay in that in that same vein, but kind of pivot to more like your self-development. Mm. So, you know, for you and growing this business, I'm sure there were some, um, you know, hiccups along the way or roadblocks or things that you've had to figure out, you know, some learning curve there. So number one, like what would you say is – or was some of your, you know, big roadblocks that you had to overcome hmm. to building this business? And then kind of secondly, what resources do you use now to kind of keep your influencer game fresh? You know, hmm. where do you go for influence? Oh, that's cool. Who influences you? Okay. Um, so as far as roadblocks, um, what, like I said, one of them was just finding out who um, – who I was. And I'm, I think I, I know who I am, but finding out, I guess, where I could, pro- I provided the most value to my community. So there are a lot of interests that I have where we're multifaceted people. Sure. Um, but what was that main thing that I can hold on to? And then from there, learning how to incorporate my other interests from that. So no, I'm not a fashion account. I'm, I'm a travel account. I mostly focus on Texas, but I can bring fashion in. I just can't post a, the same picture as a fashion blogger can, or like, I really care about food. Um, and I care about eating good food, but I also care about eating healthy. How can I bring that in? How can I bring all these different interests in? Um, but staying true to that main Mm -hmm. thing of people following in. So I think that was, that was a major robot that took a while. Um, and it took me a while to figure out about an authentic following to be, you know, truthful. Uh, I have not been afraid to tell us before, but at the very beginning, I thought loop giveaways were perfectly fine. Sure. Right. Like, you know, oh, real people are following me. Right. Um, but then I had to watch my engagement plummet. And then I had to learn from people. And I had to spend hours going through my followers and figuring out which ones weren't like, <laughs> you know, my demographic. <laughs> yeah, I had to pay, spend a lot of time dealing with that. Um and mm-hmm. then it, it paid off, but it was not fun at the time. Um, and now just it's, it is making sure that I'm constantly um, doing something new. I think even it took a while just to like spread my passion for traveling locally um, because that wasn't something that was offered. So people were tuning into it, but it still was always this thing like Texas is boring. Mm-hmm. I need to go somewhere far away. Um, you know, there's nothing to do. I think all of us, you know, growing up, I lived in San Antonio. I was like, oh my gosh, my town is so boring. Um, and it took a mindset change. And it took a mindset change, I think, in a lot of my community even. And the people who are following to be like, okay, actually, Texas is cool. She had to say it a hundred times. But, but I, I got it. I believe- <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, there was that. Um, and then just I think the learning from others has been um, a really huge thing. There's so many people that I do look up to. Um, there's another Texas blogger, um, a taste of cocoa. And I really enjoy that. She's, she's a blogger, but she does so much more. She, she is very business minded. So mm-hmm. she runs, she has um, her own book. She runs pop-ups. Um, she's helping businesses. And I, I just love I think it's important not just to rely everything on social media mm-hmm. um, to find those different avenues um, to connect with people and to 
you know, maybe they don't tune into Instagram that day, but maybe, maybe they pick up your book or maybe they go support um, your business in another way. I think that's really important um, to make sure that we're developing and building um, these multiple opportunities to connect with people um, and to get your name out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, another person I really enjoy, uh, sorry, I follow a lot of Texas people, but uh, no, is the Mon Project. Um, and what I think it's so great is, you know, um, it's really hard to develop events and to get people to show up to your events. Mm-hmm. Um, especially um, living in a town where there's so many different things going on. It's, it's hard to get people to show up just because there's too many opportunities now. Um, and so I think it's really great. I really look up to the way that she's built up. She's built up workshops. She's built up these community events and people show up and people connect and build connections. And in a time where so many things are on social media to have built something that's in person and now virtual, she's still building those connections. Um, I think is something great. And I think, um, influencers and all people can learn from realizing that social media is just one facet. I'm actually not too much fond of the word influencer because I think yeah, that's agree that's well everyone has influence um, right and my my friend with 500 followers because that's her personal account can post a really cool restaurant and I'll want to go um but having all the different business aspects um and being able to draw in from multiple ways and provide multiple opportunities of value to people is one of the best things you can do I love that. I think, you know, you spoke to a couple of things that are really near and dear to us. And, um, you know, I I think it's it would be disingenuous to even, you know, act as though it's not been this rocky road for you as well. I think anytime you're building something and and trying to do it right, you're going to take two steps forward and one back. So I love that you brought up having participated in loops because we we don't want the influencers in our community to think, you know, they're going to be ostracized forever if they make a misstep. But we want to just gradually educate and teach them to play the long game. You know, they may do a loop, they may do a giveaway, they may, you know, um, you know, post a brand that actually is not in line with what what they should be building or focusing on. And, and those missteps are going to happen. And it's not irreparable. Um, but I think, you know, the, ultimately, um, you know, sticking with it, being ethical, you know, I love that you said everyone has influence. And and we agree, that's kind of the premise of social proof is, you know, how do you wield that influence um, with integrity? And we don't mean just being a goody two shoes, we mean just how can you be really intentional about your personal brand and what you're building along the way so that it, it, it becomes something that you can be proud of, and that you can stand behind and I also like that you referenced the word influencer. We we laugh about that a little bit too um, and struggle because it's, I'm now this elderly, you know, quote unquote influencer. When I started, we were just bloggers and then it became influencers and now it's starting to shift, I think, to creators, content creators, or simply writers, which I certainly love. Um, so something I'm curious about um, is a couple of questions as we start to wrap up with you t- today, uh, although we could talk to you forever, um, is, you know, what are you consuming? And by that, I mean, you know, a book, a podcast, an audiobook, a series, what are you either watching or reading in some way? Um, tell us about that. Yeah, um, well, I feel like I consume everything. Um, I, I didn't get the chance to talk on this, but there was a, 
point in my life before I even knew what blogging was, um, where I couldn't find a job. Um, and I ended up, uh, getting a job that was not ideal, was not in my field, which I did not love. Um, but which I had a lot of time to listen and I mm. consumed like six hours of podcasts a day, oh, wow. um, while typing away at a computer. Um, and, uh, well, it was first started with uh, smart passive income by Pat Flynn. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, I, I was just listening because I didn't know what else to do. Um, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't find the job that I wanted, um, but I had to be content with what I had. Um, and I think spending all this time listening to business podcasts, I don't know why I didn't even think I wanted to start a business at this time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> listening to all these, all this information, uh, I think really set up the foundation for when blogging started to happen um, because I had develop that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like, like Gary Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. um, Gary V. I don't know. It's really hard to say his name. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so there's a lot of great things I've been reading, um, think and grow rich and, mm-hmm. uh, leaning into the principles, which, um, I think I value, um, from that. I don't think it's all about thinking growing rich, by the way. I think there's more right. to that book than I would say that. There's yeah. definitely things where maybe I don't agree with, but there's certain principles that I think are really mm-hmm. important um, for just whatever you want in life. Um, but now I think I'm, I'm starting to consume a little bit less, but really dig into what I learned about in the past and apply those principles because yeah. it was a lot of information. I would say almost an information overload. And now I take a little bit more pauses to like, um, engage in this and then act on it mm. versus before yeah. I was just building it all up in my mind. I think we were talking about that book the other day. I think um, that's Napoleon Hill, maybe. I always get it mixed up, yeah. but Think and Grow Rich, which was written in the 30s. And I think it's a common denominator. In fact, I'm going to put Nate up in a minute here to talk about what he's consuming. But you know, I think it's a common denominator for people who are building brands or building businesses or um, are entrepreneurial that they are voracious. Um, I won't say readers, but consumers of content, whether that's podcasts or books or they're curious by nature. And that's actually it's a value that we have at Soapbox. I think within our team, we talk a lot about um, Ancora Amparo, right? That idea of I am always learning and um, I love, I just love hearing what other people are consuming. It always gets my wheels turning. So I'm currently, I'm always in the middle of about five different books and podcasts and series because of that same tendency. But I've got one that's probably a little off, um, off center, but I'm, I'm listening to something called The Power of Ritual. Um, and it's very interesting to me because I had spent a bunch of time like digging into the idea of habits and habit formation and being more regimented. And, you know, we were joking with you that we're Enneagram seven. So we're big idea people and we're enthusiasts. And so I'm constantly trying to kind of manage myself and like rein it in a little bit by having good habits. But this idea of ritual is very different from habit. And it's the idea of like infusing meaning into what you do. So instead of maybe sitting down and eating the same breakfast every morning, uh, which is a habit, you're infusing some meaning and some purpose into it. And um, you're getting joy out of looking forward to that meal because it's satisfying and you like it. And so you eat it every single day. And anyway, that's oversimplified, but I am just loving the book. It's Casper Turheel, and um, we'll link all of these 
accounts you've referenced and books and podcasts in the show notes. And but. now she's pushing her rituals on me. I am. I push I'm everything I read. Resentful. Yes. <laughs> You're not resentful. You're like, yes. I'm like, please. no, I do not want to exercise every day. <laughs> That's not a commitment that I can make. With myself. Yeah, I've been texting him <laughs> that he has to have good habits because we're around each other so much at work. Like if he has bad habits, I'm going to pick them up. So. Yes. <laughs> what are you devouring? They're not bad habits. They're just different <laughs> habits. Okay? Let's not judge. No judgment. Um, I'm a huge audible person. I, I like. I have a long commute, so um, I listen. You know, there's several books going on at once. Um, I, I, right now, I really like because I'm a little. I guess this is kind of nerdier, but um, it's called building a better vocabulary. <laughs> I love that you're doing this. Yes. On this podcast. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. It's one of the great courses on Audible. It's taught by a professor. So it's almost like you're still in school and um, it, it you can't listen to too much at once because it's kind of overwhelming. But yeah, building yeah. a better vocabulary. That's I love like that. Current. Yeah. What I'm consuming. So. so interesting. Okay. Any more questions for Jessica mm-hmm. before we yeah, wrap so up? Yeah. So I'm intrigued. Um, if I, I saw one of these questions on here, and I don't know that you, I'm putting you on the spot maybe, um, mm-hmm. but like a favorite quote. Do you have a favorite quote or like mantra that you live by or like what inspires you? Um, So actually, I don't know if it's so much of a quote, it's just like a word. Um, So I know a lot of people do New Year's resolutions. I'm terrible at them, (laughs) but I think the word, um, and actually my word has been the same for the past years. I don't know if it's a bad thing, but it's been kindness. (laughs) Not a bad thing. (laughs) Pretty sure that's a good thing. Pretty sure. Again in 2020, but I just think there's I think there's a lot of room for um, kindness um, in every aspect, um, and to really look in the shoes of other people um, and to see where they're coming from in all aspects. Um, um, giving people patience. Um, I even know you know um, when you're interacting with so many people, sometimes someone can rub you the wrong way. Sometimes you can rub someone the wrong way and that causes them to treat you a certain way. Um, and then it can just be this back and forth all over a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to me, it's really important to just constantly, uh, reach out for kindness, um, and to, uh, respect people and to give them, um, give them space to express themselves and I think it's, it's really, I've, you know, I've heard someone say like, oh, I'm actually a very shy person. So some people have been like, oh, like when I first met you, I thought you were rude. Um, but it turned out like through multiple interactions of you, you being yourself, but being kind, but you, you know, you're still shy, but like, oh, you're actually kind. I just mm-hmm. know that you're shy. <laughs> um, but if I had just like, if I had just let one interaction, you know, go negative, then there wouldn't have been an opportunity. Well, I've been off of assumptions. Um, I also, I studied psychology in college Mm, and um, we do so many things. Like if someone does something that we don't like, we assume it's their personality. If we do something that we don't like, we assume it's a situational context. So if, (laughs) if I'm late for work or something, my boss assumes I'm lazy. If I'm late for work, I assume, well, today my coffee wasn't in time. The other day, the traffic wasn't Mm -hmm. there. Um, I didn't, I'm stressed. You know, there's all these different things. So um, just the more opportunities that we can extend kindness, um, I think is really important in the social media world. I still think it's very important. Um, sometimes I don't like the way a brand like sends an email to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really important yeah. to realize, well, we're, we're talking over email, right. um, I don't know what their day was like. I don't know what pressures are going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So maybe sometimes I want to respond, 
uh, really catty or really, you know, um, yeah, I want to maybe respond the way that they responded to me. And that's, that's not going to go anywhere. Right. Um, so finding those opportunities to spread kindness wherever I think is really important. And I feel like this is going to actually be my word for a long time because (laughs) enough kindness. That's right. Yeah, I love that. I do too. That's really neat. It, it, and it's interesting to hear that context. I think you've given some great advice there. I'm also laughing at the email I sent you about this latest opportunity because I certainly do not keep it short and sweet. <laughs> These flowery, flowing, you know, if you I don't know if you emails. know this, but Beth has struggled with shyness for a yes, long time yes, as well. Yes, yes, it's a problem. <laughs> She can relate. (laughs) My concern is always, and I think I remember this at the conference we were speaking at together, my concern is always that I will overwhelm people. Literally, I'm like dialing myself back and saying, okay, let's let's take it down a notch so you don't terrify this individual. (laughs) I'm very to the point sometimes. So I've like, I always have to remember like small all talk and yes, all that. I'm, I'm, I'm shy and introvert, but I'm also intense. So I, I get straight to the point. But I, <laughs> that's also so I actually have to step back. I'm like, did I write that too? It was that only one sentence. Should I add a couple more? And <laughs> should I, I add an exclamation? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> smiley face, smiley face. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, you have shared, I think it's really fun to just watch these conversations unfold because you have intentionally or not shared, I think, so much that someone can can take away and apply to building their own brand or just to their day job and, and being a good human and wielding their influence with integrity. So Jessica, thank you so much for joining us on Social Proof. We have loved it. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. 